Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review because it helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. It does. I'm Lindsay Smith, and today I'm joined by Gerald Borgay and Espo. Gentlemen, how you feeling after last night's win, in a way? <laughs> after their win <laughs> by a loss. Um, no, I'm feeling good. This was the matchup that I think most people wanted, and... Um, I'm excited for meaningful basketball again. Thank I've been God. waiting all it, this has been the longest season because of the off season that came before it. So I am really excited for the postseason. I, I don't think it's hit me yet that it's playoff basketball time. I'm hoping sometime in the next two days while we're talking <laughs> about it, I go, oh yeah, playoffs are here because mm-hmm. you know, the last week's been a little bit of a slog, but mm-hmm. you know, hey, at least it's 98 degrees outside. We got that going for us right now. <laughs> That sure is something. That's for sure. But I think later in the week is when it'll start. The excitement will start to ramp up a little bit for playoffs to finally be here. This week long waiting period, while I'm sure it's great for the team because they get some rest, some time to game plan for the matchup at hand. It's probably a good thing. But for us, it's just like, come on, can we just get into the playoffs already? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the one downside of the plan. The plan's done a lot Mm -hmm. and a lot of good things. Makes that last weekend interesting in a lot of ways where it didn't used to be for, for a lot of teams. But then this awkward period of having to wait, uh, it, it kind of, it's a slow burn now where yeah. before we'd hop right in. Now it's okay. Now we got to kind of see what happens. And you know, I think it does a disservice to the, to the one and two seed, uh, honestly. And we mm. experienced that last year, but now we get to spend a whole week Focusing on the Clippers. Well, mm-hmm. and if the Lakers are in the play-in, it does a disservice to the 4-5 matchup, apparently, because we don't know <laughs> what the rest of the series schedule is yet. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think the good thing this time, though, is like Monty brought this up, last year, all of these teams have to wait, obviously, yeah. for the play-in tournament to play out before they can get in and play some playoff basketball. But last year, the Suns didn't even know who they were going to be facing. So a lot of those days, they couldn't even spend them preparing for specific concepts that the uh, their opponent would do this time okay clippers know they're playing the sun suns know they're playing the clippers so that gives them both the same amount of time to prepare um, a couple of days to rest up before they get back into it into practice and whatnot um, so hopefully we'll see and, and you know maybe if devin booker doesn't have an injury in game two that would help things too because <laughs> i really do feel like we were headed for suns and five in that series before he got hurt <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it's exciting stuff. It is. It's really exciting. So obviously we know we'll be facing off against the Clippers in the first round. And before we dive into these two teams and kind of take a deeper look at them, I think the first place that we should start is their health. Because mm -hmm. obviously that's going to be a huge factor in this one and it affects a lot of things. The biggest one, of course, is Paul George. And there is still a big question mark around him and his return, but it's not looking like we'll see too much of him in the first round. But we'll hear from him, Paul George himself on how this whole uh, recovery process is going. The leg is good, man. I'm uh, I'm making progress. You know, I, we when we first was shooting, I was two crutches. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to one crutch. To one crutch. Come on now, I'm no crutch. I'm crutch. No crutch. Now you walking. You look, you look good. You can move it. He will be back out there sooner. Then he tell us. <laughs> tell us, Pete. I don't know how soon. But uh, no, nah, man, I, I, I've been feeling better. I've been working my butt off. I've been grinding, like, literally every day, six days out of the week. I'm I'm training. You know what I mean? I'm doing rehab. So I'm going to give it sh every chance I got, man. This is uh, it's coming down to the wire. Wait, what time in the morning doing therapy? Shh, I'm up 9 o'clock, therapy at 10, getting out of there at, like, one, two o'clock. Like I'm literally in there for like three, four hours. And what they training. got you doing? I'm doing, you know, ISO stuff, kind of keep the the quad, you know, sh strong. Um, stem stuff where they, you know, you know, uh, massaging it. I'm getting uh, flexion where you know they bending it, trying to get you know that that motion and and uh, you know that strength back. You know, I'm 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 lifting, cardio cold tub, hot tub, literally everything. I can't wait to see you back on the court, Pete. I know, I miss you know. it. So he kind of gave us a quick update there. I'm sure nobody loved seeing his co-host move his foot around, <laughs> his ankle around like yeah. that. I was like, hey now, maybe let's not touch the I, injury here. I was but... all right with it, but I don't think Clippers <laughs> people were. So. We also got some information from Sham Sharania on Paul George as well. They, uh, he said the Clippers are going to have to get out of this series without Paul George if they want a chance potentially to get him back. So Shams also shared similar stuff to what Paul George shared, but in a different way in the sense that there's been no contact really going on with Paul George so far. And we all know that means there's still a little bit of time in between now and his return because that's kind of the second leg of healing from an injury. No pun intended. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> PG did say, you know, he's doing some ISO stuff and working on rehabbing that, but non-contact still to this point doesn't really give us any indication they'll be back at least at the start of the series no and it's unfortunate for him and for the clippers because you think about what they've done as far as getting Kawhi and paul george and paying them a ton of money to try and make a title run and the farthest they've gotten is that western conference final series a few years ago and they could be a first round exit because they just haven't been able to keep both those guys healthy for the playoff run um obviously this series gets a whole lot easier if you don't have Paul George because like we said last week when we were taking a look at potential matchups like the Clippers are one of the few teams that could trot out a wing tandem that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on both ends of the floor if you don't have Paul George in that equation that's asking Kawhi to do a lot of heavy lifting um on both ends because yeah. even if you put Kawhi on KD and he goes you know he plays him even who are you going to put on book? Um, and we'll talk about matchups in a little bit, obviously, but like this, this is a tough series if Paul George is unable to play. And I think that puts even 
more urgency for the Suns to take care of this series as quickly as they can. Don't give him an opening to get right because, you know, we still have six days before the series even starts. You're 100% right. That was what you just said is my takeaway. If you're the Suns, you need to take care of business in five games. Like, don't mess mess around uh, with giving Paul George a window to come back because that's enough to shift this series. Mm -hmm. Defensively putting him on book, having Kawhi on KD, all of a sudden you've really slowed down the the Suns' offense in a lot of ways. And I still think they're capable of doing that without Paul George. I think this is a team that's going to create a lot of uh, a mess for the Suns. But you add Paul George in, and if it's coming back to try to help them close out a series or come back in a series, that gives them momentum. So you can't play with your food if you're the Suns. you got to go out there and take care of business, which hasn't exactly been their uh, strong suit this season at times they've somewhat played down uh to the competition they've got to come out uh, and come out fast in the series yeah it would be it would be very disappointing if the suns couldn't find the energy in the playoffs regardless of who they're playing right like we're talking about playoff basketball here we're not talking about a meaningless game late in the regular season when you're pretty much already guaranteed a playoff spot so Fingers crossed they feel the same way that we do. Um, Beyond Paul George, there are a couple more things to discuss as far as health. Marcus Morris on the Clippers also hasn't played since March 25th. We saw he was out last night or yesterday afternoon, if you will, Mm -hmm. with some spasms. So he's been dealing with a few injuries there. Um, We haven't gotten a ton of updates on him, though, as far as if this is a long-term thing or just something that they just are being cautious with heading into the playoffs how do you guys feel about how this will affect things it's tricky because he's started every game that he's played for the clippers as well so they could be without two of their wings that they're used to starting every game that they need and rely on um and back spasms those can be tricky those can come and go like that out of nowhere um because i know uh tomer azerly who is a clippers reporter tweeted on april 4th marcus morris is back for the clippers he was out on the practice floor Uh, but he hasn't played uh, since then. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, is he progressing back? Is he going to be back soon? Is it something they have to take their time with and be cautious about? There's just no way of really knowing at this point in time until we get, you know, the game one injury report. Yeah, well, and he worries me. Mm. He is a a guy that's been a son's killer, both when he was on the roster and (laughs) since he's been off of it. Uh, he's He's a guy that always gets up for these games, Averaging 11 points, four rebounds may not seem like a big deal, but he's a guy that can hit from three. Pretty good uh, defender, not afraid to mix it up. A little fake tough guy energy, but that's just my personal beef <laughs> with the guy. But uh, I, he, he concerns me in this series. If he is healthy, if he comes in, he's a guy that can help them make up a little bit of the difference without Paul George and and be some of that defense, maybe help offensively. And obviously with his history here, he's got a motivation Mm -hmm. to try to stick it to the Suns. So I don't wish ill on him, but I wouldn't be hurt if he was still out for a little while. Yeah, and also, like Gerald said, he's started pretty much every game he's played with the Clippers. So just having that comfort as Mm -hmm. the Clippers – probably is a valuable thing, right? Knowing you, you've you been through it with this guy, you know what they bring to the table. So that comfort level, I think, is is something that's kind of not really a stat per se, but it still plays into it a little yeah. bit. 
Now, on the sun side of things, uh, knock on wood, touch metal, whatever your thing is. Thankfully, there are no major injuries happening, but Ish Wainwright did get banged up a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Bismack Biombo uh, campaign got banged up on Friday, and then TJ Warren has been dealing with that illness. Gerald, how are you kind of feeling about these four guys? Yeah, I mean, Busy had said he told uh, Dwayne Rankin of the of AZ Central that he should be back for the playoff series, so that's good news. Um, campaign we haven't heard from him yet hopefully it's nothing too bad with that fall that he took um the low back soreness or whatever they're calling it um tj warren's a weird one hopefully it's just an illness we've seen him we've seen him get mysterious injuries and just kind of disappear for extended stretches hopefully this is just they're they're calling it a non-covid illness so hopefully in a couple days he'll be good to go um but yeah I, i and then ish i feel like that guy it takes a lot to to injure that guy um i feel like after a week off he should be good to go monty said it's a rib contusion and they'll monitor his progress but uh he didn't make it sound like it was anything serious yeah uh honestly i hope ish is it isn't anything serious because i think he could play a role in this series Mm -hmm. uh he's the, the kind of bigger body that can play some defense we saw him play on Kawhi yesterday to some uh some decent results I'll, I'll say so he could be a guy that winds up in that rotation for you know 10 12 minutes to try to help them defensively and hit some of those corner threes which he's been better at uh, at times this season so I, I hope he's all right TJ Warren I don't I don't know I mean hopefully he's there but I just I'm not sure what he's going to contribute uh and if he is part of this rotation or not it's going to be interesting to see uh, how it, it, it falls for him. We saw that one great game with him and Terrence Ross. We were joking they were TNT, and then they mm-hmm. uh, uh, self-imploded instead of you know exploding the way we were <laughs> thinking they would offensively. They really weren't those guys uh, when they were both healthy, healthy out there for the remainder of the time. So, look, it's good to know Busy's out there. I think the one that concerns me the most, though, is, is campaign mm-hmm. because – yeah, Saban Lee, you looked great yesterday. Saban Lee can't play in the playoffs. He's a two-way guy. So then you're looking at Landry Shamit, Devin Booker play, playing uh, ball handler with the second unit, KD at times doing that. Uh, well, well, that's uh, you know somewhat uh, con- concerning, and they they can do it. I'd much rather have Campaign out there as my backup point guard and as a guy that can get in the paint. Well, and he's one of two guys that I can say definitively will be in the playoff rotation. Mm-hmm. And aside yeah. from that, I don't know. It's like him and Tory Craig. So you definitely need campaign out there. Uh, your only other option for a backup guard would then be Landry Shamit or how, depending on how you stagger the bench or the starters with the bench, like then you, then the rotations get a lot trickier. So hopefully he'll be good to go and he'll be the campaign that we've seen in recent weeks. That's starting to come back to form because they they need him like people forget about that Clippers series the last time around how key he was yeah. in that series even in game two the value that never would have happened without his was 29 point performance so okay so we have a super chat it's from no comment um and they said PG will be back he said quote it's down to the wire um, I don't know where he said that so I might have missed it yeah he so. said it in the clip but I felt like it was more it, I didn't. It didn't seem like it was like 
For sure, definitive. No. It was more like we're getting closer. I mean, he's sitting there in a massive knee brace. Like, uh, and I get that that's precautionary in some cases, but look, he was on crutches recently. I, I think if you get into that five, game five, game six, game seven, maybe that's where you're seeing him, but I don't think he's pulling a Willis Reed no. uh, and, and coming out game one right. uh, and being out there on the court for this team. Oh, that Willis I Reed I mean, if shit, he does, man. that's... He finessed the hell out of all of us, that's right. for sure. All respect to Willis Including Reed, but Sean. that type of shit's not happening in today's modern NBA. They're going to turn him into a pigeon. Yeah. He's going to play two minutes oh, yeah, and be off the court. Like. I'm, everybody forgets Willis Reed scored four points right. in that game. It wasn't like he was a world beater. Yeah, no, yeah. so I maybe he comes back towards the end of the series, but even if he comes back, he's been out for weeks and weeks. It's going to take some you know, time. Yeah, it's it's conditioning and everything, too. AJ in the chat brings up a good point, too. Um, they said Clippers said Paul George could possibly come back at the end of the first round. Keyword, possibly. So, I don't know. I just don't think that the Clippers and Shams and whoever his sources are are playing the long game here to try and, like, trick everybody right. in thinking that this rehab process is taking the amount of time that they're all sharing mm. to pull one out on you and have them show up in the first game of the series. Yeah. I just don't anticipate that happening. But listen, if it does, it does. And the sun's got to figure out how to navigate the rough waters that will come from that. But I still feel like if Paul George does find a way to play in this first round, then the suns can still win. They mm -hmm. just have to, Put on uh, their big boy pants yeah, for you it. Go directly at him if he comes back for a game six or seven. You make him work on both ends. You exhaust him and you take advantage of the fact that he hasn't been able to get his conditioning up to where it needs to be after being out for a few weeks. So um, I, I think obviously it would give them a huge emotional boost. It would give them a scoring boost. Um, he's a great two-way player. If he was fully healthy, this series would be a lot more competitive than I think yeah. it'll be. But I, I just don't see him coming in game six game seven and swinging the tide or changing the tide like that well and everybody oh, oh go he could come in this is the team that made load management a thing right also i don't true. think <laughs> i don't think they're gonna rush a guy back uh in this situation because it really feels like steve Ballmer just is i'll do whatever it takes i'll pay whatever it takes and i don't think they feel this pressure to rush him back as if this is their only window mm. where some teams might act that way. I just don't think the Clippers of all organizations are going to do that. You don't go through this whole dog and pony show of sitting guys out trying to get health just to rush a guy back to potentially damage, uh, ha have damage long term or even not get the result that you're hoping in this in this round. So I don't think they're going to rush him back in any way. Yeah. All right. We do have another super chat. This one is from Amelia. Thank you, Amelia. Appreciate you. She said, second time I miss a show and there are shout outs. <laughs> I may not have been I, I may not have a lot of input for games, but I do love basketball and even more so with the PHNX team. Thank you, PHNX, for what you do. The chat is incredible. And I just want to thank everyone for being so awesome. You guys are my kind of people. Amelia, I know he's really sad. I was like, we're giving shout outs. And Amelia, I don't see her in the chat. Where are you? Uh, but thank you for being here with us today and glad you got to uh, listen to yesterday's show. But uh, we did uh, thank everybody who tunes in on a regular basis or whenever you're able to tune in for being here with us because it's been fun. Yesterday was Fan Appreciation Day at the Footprint Center. I felt like it was only 
right that we also showed some appreciation here at PHNX. Yeah, we're going to throw out t-shirts, but realized it doesn't doesn't work, work. the same just way. Just cover the camera. Yeah. We could just send like emojis. <laughs> start, the, start the t-shirt gun and just knock crap over. Yeah. Oh my God, Emma would be so mad at that. The Gatling gun. <laughs> Saul already throws trash at the camera. He does. That's so, true. Like, he does honestly, do that. this is a well, if you guys want to hang out with us during the playoffs, there's a lot of opportunities to do that. Obviously, being right here is one of them, but also over at the BetMGM Sportsbook yes. at State Farm Stadium. All of our son's away playoff games will have watch parties out there. The PHNX crew will also be out there, of course. We will be out there as well. It's presented by Neutral, which is a new partner of ours. Uh, the vodka seltzers, of course, they'll be out there. We'll feature food and drink specials, giveaways, and BetMGM will also have mystery deposit bonuses for everyone who comes out and places bets at the sportsbook. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We want you guys to come hang out with us. And of course, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you do that and use bonus code PHNX and you're going to get up to $200 or you will get $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. All you have to do is download the BetMGM app, use the bonus code PHNX when you sign up, place a pregame Moneyline wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price. You will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Uh, no. You still know the gorilla, right? Is there? Do you think we can get me a t-shirt gun for uh, for the away <laughs> watch parties? Like, shoot, I wonder if we could call in a favor. It might be a little too close to launch a t-shirt gun. Those things hurt. I'm, I'm gonna. But we could just, maybe call in a point favor. blank range. You want a t-shirt? It's going like time. you're gonna get a t-shirt. <laughs> All right, now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer: Twenty one plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine New York. Call one eight hundred Next Step Arizona one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero Kansas Nevada one eight hundred three two seven five zero five zero Massachusetts one eight hundred Bets Off Iowa one eight hundred two seven zero seven one one seven for Confidential Health Michigan. Emma, can we auto-tune that and put it to some music or something? Ooh, um, I like that. Get funky. You know, as much as we all would love to get funky, I don't know if Max <laughs> would like us to get funky. So that's a question for Max. What's, like. wrong, what's wrong with legal disclaimers auto-tuned into some music? <laughs> Come on. It might make everyone pay more attention, right? That's what I would assume. I don't know. But we also have a brand new collab shirt that just hit... The market last week with our friends over at OG's Brands, it is now live. And if you want to get your hands on this super dope collab team, make sure you get your tickets to Budzapalooza. Join our PHNX crew on Friday, April 14th in downtown Phoenix, as we'll be hanging out with our friends over at OG's. They'll be doing a special edition um, of the OG's PHNX Variety Show live from Budsapalooza, which, by the way, that show is super fun. It's a little chaotic, but it's <laughs> always a good time, that's for sure. And that's also where you can buy your OG's collab shirt. So to get info, just uh, check out budsapalooza.com and come hang out with us. Also, you know, we love OG's. So if you're in the market for some scratch-made THC gummies, OG's is the place to go. All right, guys, let's dive a little bit deeper into 
the Suns and Clippers matchup by breaking down the team. First and foremost, I think we should look at the numbers of these two teams. So, mm-hmm. Emma, what you got for us? Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a lot of numbers, Gerald. It is a lot of numbers, but I wanted to go through a couple of key areas that I think will be important in this series and that the Suns could have an advantage in or areas they need to be concerned about. So, obviously, the Suns have had a lot of players in and out of the lineup all season, but they've still managed to be 14th in offensive rating. Clippers have been 17th. They've been a lot better since the trade deadline, but their defense has been even worse. Uh, They're 17th in defensive rating on the season, 21st since the trade deadline. Suns are 7th, which is really impressive to have a top 10 defensive rating with all the guys they've had in and out all year. Um, The Clippers are pretty good at getting to the free throw line. They're borderline top 10 in attempts per game. The Suns are 27th. And we know they're dead last in opponent free throw rate. So this is something where the Suns have to be careful, keep the free throws close, because if they do, they take away one of the big advantages that the Clippers have on paper in this matchup. Um, The Clippers also like to do a lot of iso ball. You'll see they're 24th in assists. They don't move the ball a ton. Um, That's changed a little bit with Russell Westbrook in the equation. Now they have a point guard, but the Suns are a team that moves the ball a ton. They're fourth in assists per game. And then these are both two teams that love to shoot mid-range shots, especially long mid-range twos. Uh, The Suns are second in frequency on those shots. Clippers are right behind them in third. But the Suns are a better mid-range team as far as accuracy goes. They're seventh on their efficiency on those shots. The Clippers are only 17th. Um, Part of that is the way that Kawhi and Paul George have missed time this year, probably. But, um, yeah, this is going to be fun because both of these teams like to operate from the mid-range. Kawhi Leonard loves to. He doesn't get to the rim a ton. Um, but they're kind of similar in that regard in terms of their shot profile. Yeah, what this says to me in a lot of ways, though, is before the Kevin Durant trade, I think these teams were very, very close mm. uh, in in profile. But I don't think it fully tells us the picture with Kevin Durant. And, and honestly, we don't have a real full picture mm. with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a it's small sample size theater. We all know uh, that, that it's been limited games. But I feel like the Suns have more of an advantage than you would see just looking at those aggregate numbers from the season. Yeah, and I, it'll be interesting to see how um, Kevin Durant kind of changes a lot of these numbers as we go through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we'll obviously be keeping track of kind of how the numbers look series to series and things of that nature. But um, yeah, this is just, it's, but it's nice to see like on paper that the sun's numbers here are pretty good. They're pretty solid. Yeah. So that gives you um, a nice little feeling and warm, fuzzy <laughs> feeling inside. Yeah. <laughs> you bring up the free throws and somebody in the chat made a good point, but PG, a big part of, of getting the free throw line for them. And really when you look at it, in aggregate this season, it's about a point and a half difference that the the Clippers get at the free throw line to the Suns. But I'm very interested in seeing how this series is called in general because we mm-hmm. know that the Suns have not gotten favorable calls uh, when they're on defense or when they're on offense and getting fouled by opponents. So how much does this discrepancy change? Right now it's, what, two and a half or 2.2 free throw difference but does that get much larger in this series or do do the clippers get significantly more free throws what what is it what's the refs whistles look like in this series i mean right. in, in a perfect world you'd like to think that things would be a little bit 
um, would be officiated better in the playoffs than we've seen in the regular season. (laughs) Obviously, that's in a perfect world, and we know that they're human beings, so you're naturally going to have some errors in there. But could be worse. We could be playing the Lakers or the Warriors, not the Warriors, but the the Lakers where you know that they're likely going to get a much, much more favorable whistle. Right, and and I think don't be misled by those averages either because it may not sound like much to – 2.2 2.2 free throw attempts per game difference. Um, but over 82 games, that's mm-hmm. like 160, 170 difference in free throw attempts. Um, and all we've seen what happens when this team gets drastically shot out, outshot in one of those outlying games. So um, hopefully that's not the case here. Like someone said in the chat, Paul George is a big part of that. He's really good about drawing fouls. Um, and he, you know, if he misses most or all of this series, that's one less concern. Um, But the Clippers do have a lot of rangy wings, guys that can put the ball down on the floor. And like I said, they're an ISO heavy team. So a big point of emphasis for the Suns is going to have to be sitting down, guarding your man for one to two dribbles and closing out to their corner three point shooters. Because if those ISOs go nowhere, that's typically the shot they try to generate. And they're good at generating that shot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what impact uh, Russell Westbrook has on that and his aggressiveness going to the hoop and mm-hmm. especially is Chris Paul the guy on Russell Westbrook how does that play out if if that's where they go a lot of different elements that are going to play into into that free throw number for sure and if if this is close even 14 more free throws over the course of a series even if it goes with the average could wind up being the difference mm-hmm. in, in this so so what do you guys kind of think those potential defensive matchups could look like? So looking at their starting lineup from the last time that they had Marcus Morris and Kawhi available, they started Westbrook, Eric Gordon, Kawhi, uh, Morris, and Zubats. So I think, you know, obviously Kawhi, Zubats, Russ, and EG are probably going to be uh-huh. their four starters. I'm curious who they go with on the fifth one. Um, they could go Batum. They could go Covington. They could go Terrence Mann, who is a guy that um, doesn't stop Book, but he he can bother him, and he's one of their best defenders in that regard that they have to throw on Book. Um, but it's going to be, I think, Kawhi and KD might take some of that matchup from each other. Um, I think a Kogi will either get the Westbrook assignment just to match his speed and athleticism. Maybe you try to hide Chris on Eric Gordon there. Yeah. Um, and then Book and Terrence Mann match up, which will challenge Book because Terrence Mann is a very good cutter, um, and he can knock down open threes if you leave him. So Book is going to have to stay engaged, which he's you know obviously gotten a lot better defensively, but he will have to stay engaged if that's the case. Um, but they do have a couple <laughs> of options because they have all these different interchangeable wings. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it, uh, Norm Powell, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris. You know, I think you'd see uh, any grouping of those guys get some minutes on, on book. I mean, even maybe Eric Gordon, if they, if they get desperate at, at some point, but I still think it comes down to a numbers game with, with these two teams, you got to cover book. You got to cover KD. Uh, Zubak is a very good defender, but how can DA play against him? And can Chris Paul make them pay by trying to hide a guy mm. on him uh, that, you know, and look, Josh Kogi's going to have to hit some of those corner threes in this mm-hmm. series. It's going to have to happen in uh, in the playoffs in general for this team to get where they want to go. Yeah, and I mean with 
So looking at last the last game the Clippers played, obviously, without Marcus Morris, they did start Nick Batum. He only played 21 minutes, went 0 for 2, scored 0 points. So he's a guy that might just be a starter in name. Um, Norman Powell's going to get a big chunk of minutes off the bench because he's one of their best bench scorers, one of their best off offensive options. Um, but you're right. I am curious who they're going to try to hide on Chris Paul because if you put Westbrook on him, good luck with that because not only is Paul going to find his openings as a catch-and-shoot guy, but he's way too good of a facilitator and pick-and-roll partner. They're going to target him a bunch if that's the case. So I I don't know who they're going to try. They'll probably try and hide Westbrook on a Kogi and let him play free safety a little bit, but you can get around that even if a Kogi's not making his corner threes by having him initiate offense by having by using him as a screener because yeah. he's good at getting downhill and getting to the free throw line so that's a tough one because westbrook averages their third most minutes on the team and he is not a good defender so. he's the pigeon right yes. yes well i mean do you think on the flip side though chris paul might be the guy or is it josh mm -hmm. akogi that might be the guy just because they don't know josh akogi as well you mean in terms of the guy that guarding Russ or in terms of who they're trying to make a pigeon. That the Clippers yeah. are trying to make a pigeon. I mean, if they try to make Josh Akogi a pigeon, they're going to stop about halfway through game one because so he's going to blow Chris that Paul up. That they'll go it, after? It'll be yeah. Chris Paul that they're trying to target, um, which we're going to get used to seeing that in the playoffs probably. We mm -hmm. haven't seen it as much during the regular season. Um, and well, we, we, saw, we talked about that when we had the, the soundbite from jj reddick's podcast of them mm -hmm. talking about like they're gonna make chris paul defend yes and they're gonna go after chris paul because that's the natural thing that you would do in these situations but right chris paul's shown us lately he's got a little he's got a little juice in the tank he does he's got some of the best hands that i've seen in terms of you know making up for turnovers by stealing the ball back immediately um stripping guys that are bigger or taller than him when they're trying to go to the basket uh, he's no pushover. He'll, he'll pull the chair on you if you try to post him up. Um, but he's a guy that is going to be targeted, and he's a guy that I think will have a little bit more energy on that end, like we talked about, because he's not bringing the ball up the court every single time, because they're not making him zigzag just to get it across half court before it's an eight-second violation. Yeah. So those little things will help, I think. Well, and team defense is such a key for the Suns, too. It's not, it's not one man on an island with this team. So... Mm -hmm. uh, Look, DA is going to have to going to have to play the role that he has over the last few playoffs. Be a key defensively. He's going to have to show energy on the offensive side. You know, I I think what what concerns me is when you get into the second unit. Mm -hmm. How do you slow a guy like Norman Powell? I mean, he was he was injured uh, earlier in March with a shoulder injury, but since he's come back, he's had three straight games with twenty three or more points. He's averaging seventeen. On the season, he's shooting almost forty nine percent or thirty nine percent, almost forty percent from three. So this is a guy you're going to have to account for with that second unit. And I'm guessing Tory Craig's probably going to have to play uh, a lot of defense on him. But that's one of the matchups when we get outside of that first unit, uh, trying to figure out how do you slow down Norman Powell. Okay, well that's a question from Search and Destroy in the in the chat said. Uh, do you think the Clippers or the Suns have a deeper bench? I think it's tough because I think the Clippers have, I don't know how to say this. They might have better bench pieces, but I do think the Suns have more options. And I think it matters less the depth in the playoffs. I see a lot of people saying, oh, the Clippers depth is going to make this a more even series. 
and maybe they do handily win the bench units to you know bench bench minutes to swing a playoff game but like when you're down to eight nine man rotations and you have Kevin Durant Devin Booker Chris Paul DA to stagger with those bench heavy lineups I think it matters a little bit less like the Suns' best bench player is Kevin Durant, staggered with the bench guys. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the Clippers are going to do about those lineups because um, you kind of have to match KD's minutes with Kawhi. And I don't know if he's, if he's ready to play those heavy upwards of 35, 40 minutes a night. Well, and how does Possibly. it impact him on the offensive end, too? Right. He's got to carry that load, too. And he's rested enough this season. Yeah. To to. <laughs> As I say that under my yeah. <laughs> and, and look, Kawhi is fantastic. He's a phenomenal two-way player the last <clears> couple <throat> of months. I think since the start of January, he has been really great offensively. He's not quite that same defensive player of the year caliber guy he was uh, a couple years ago on the defensive side. But I, I really do think being able to stagger those lineups and make sure at least one or two of those core four are always on the court is going to help mitigate some of those depth concerns. Yeah, I think what the what the depth that gives the Clippers is if Ty Lue has to throw a lot of things at the wall, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of options to kind of churn through guys and a lot of interchangeable wings. So maybe that's where where their depth comes into play. But yeah, you're not going 12 guys deep. You're not, you're just not going to do that. You hope so, you don't So I <laughs> shoot at that point. You're probably in bigger trouble than, than just your bench. Well, and right now, let's be honest. The Suns have five of the best six players in the series right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, what, if Paul George comes back, that changes the equation a little mm-hmm. bit, but the way it is right now, you know, they have five of the best six guys uh, in the series. And that should be, more than enough to take care of things because if you're if Devin Booker, uh, KD, and Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton play to the level that we think they can, that's enough to beat this Clippers team. This Phoenix Suns team is better than this Clippers team on paper, and it's about can you go out and execute your game and not beat yourself with the little things, not get in foul trouble, not get beaten uh, on uh, you know on the glass and give up a lot of uh, second chance points and and not turn over the ball if you if you play your game this should be an easy win for the suns easy like you know five or six but not not having to go the distance not having to worry that you're going to be an early out in this series yeah i mean i i wrote about some keys to this series for the suns over at gophnx.com if you want to read more um, but the turnovers thing, you know, it, it feels like basic analysis to say, don't turn the ball over. That's every <laughs> playoff series. But this team in particular, if the Suns can win the turnover battle, uh, the Clippers are not good uh, transition defense. They turn the ball over a lot. I think they're 23rd in opponent points off turnovers per game, and they commit a lot of live ball turnovers. The only player that committed more live ball turnovers this season than Russell Westbrook was Trey Young. Uh, by like 60 because he apparently just throws the ball (laughs) over the dang place. But like Russ is going to commit turnovers. The Clippers commit bad turnovers. We even saw it on Sunday how often they like Kawhi lost the ball and they just kind of like trotted back and the Suns had a layup with their C squad. So if they can turn those turnovers, the Suns are dead last in fast break points. So this could be a way to maybe even that gap a little bit because they're not a team that plays in transition often. Um, and their defense is really good. So if you're able to score in transition, score on their subpar defense, and then set your half-court defense, which is top five in the NBA, that makes it hard for their offense to execute against a set defense. Well, 
And I think we forget just how good Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen it in its fullness here, but he's the fourth all time uh, scorer in points per game in playoff history. Like this is when this guy shines. And even if Kawhi plays to the level that he has recently, like twenty six point seven points on fifty two, forty six, and ninety shooting, okay, so you've matched Kevin Durant. Now, now it's how do these other matchups go in this roster? And I'm pretty confident to say Devin Booker can win any of those matchups he's going against. Yes. Okay, so we have a couple of super chats that we need to get to around this matchup. Laking, thank you for yours. Said I know the Clippers like going small. Can the Suns go small? And what would the lineup be? I don't think you want KD playing the five. So actually, I think KD at the five is probably their best option if they're going to match small ball. I think. Initially, if the Clippers do go small and looking through their lineup data, their most used five-man lineup that didn't involve uh, Zubats or Plumlee was Nick Batum, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Robert Covington, Norman Powell. Paul George is out. Reggie Jackson no longer plays for the team. Um, and that lineup was a negative 19 net rating anyway. So they don't go small as often. I think it's something that maybe Ty Lue is saving for the playoffs to deploy as he can, but I do think if they go small with Covington at the five or Batum at the five or whoever it is, Kevin Durant is the natural trump card there. He's a guy that can play the five because he is a good rim protector. He's got all that length. He's not a fantastic rebounder, but he's good enough, especially with the guys he'll have around him if you throw a Tory Craig out there or a Josh Akogi. Um, and offensively, if Kevin Durant is setting screens, good luck defending anything <laughs> if you flank them with shooters or other wings and guards. Like, I, I do think if the Clippers go small, you try to punish them with DA because you have that natural advantage, and that's your starting point. If DA can't do it for whatever reason because he's been great against the Clippers at times and at other times he's struggled against these small ball lineups. So if he doesn't, you have that next move that's like, okay, we're going to go nuclear. Here's Kevin Durant at the five. Good luck guarding us, and we're still going to be able to guard you pretty effectively. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. You start with the DA option, see what you can do if you can get him going. If not, yeah, oh, okay. So we're going to go to Kevin Durant, uh, <laughs> and good luck countering that. Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. I don't care if you got Nicholas Batum stacked on top of Norman <laughs> Powell, and you're like, hey, look, we got two guys. Mm -hmm. You're not going to match Kevin Durant uh, at the five there. And I think that's something that Ty Lue would move off of quite quickly at that point because you've then given the Suns additional uh, you know, advantages. I kind of wondered, do the Suns experiment with that and and go to it first if, if DA isn't clicking and try try something there to gain an advantage before Ty Lue even, even counters with that? That's going to be very fascinating because we hear a lot of praise for what Ty Lue's been able to do with this team. Uh, last year when they were injured and, and what they were able to do this year and, and some of the things he, he's done with this roster. How do Monty and him play this chess game? Okay. How does it work? That's the next super chat from T Bounty. He said coaching. Williams versus Lou is going to be interesting. Monty got out coached in Dallas series. <coughs> Lou is smart. Of course, Monty, CP3, and Katie collaborating is brilliant. Do you think this could be a, a battle of coaching minds? I still don't think he got necessarily out coached i mean the there Dallas was series. the covid thing too that probably well, played into that as well i mean they traded a bunch of 30 point victories in that series it was a weird series but i this matchup is going to be uh, a a 
battle of wits and and to to the commander's point to the valley sicko's point there like it yeah you've got monty but you've got two basketball and devin should be in that as well devin katie and cp3 all at the table as well I think they'll be just fine. Ty Lue is a great coach, mm-hmm. but I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I think Ty Lue is, has proven to be very good at adjustments. He's good at preparing for playoff series. Um, I think in recent years, maybe he's gotten a little bit more credit as far as what he's been able to do with guys in and out of the lineup than he deserves. Because, yes, obviously they're a playoff team. They're the five seed, but their record has been like around 500. It's nothing yeah. special. Um, he is good. I, I'm not trying to take away from him there, but I do think – this fan base in particular, and I think every fan base is this way, looks at a coach's mistakes and shortcomings way more than they look at what they do right. And the fact that the Suns are seventh in defensive rating this year, despite all of the guys they've had in and out, it's been a constant cycle, um, is wild to me. And the fact that they've just been competent on offense with so many guys in and out is incredible. They were the number one team in the West with Torrey Craig starting in place of not just Jay Crowder, but Cam Johnson for like a month and that just kind of flew under the radar and I know we gave Craig a lot of credit for how well he was playing but you know it, it takes a coach to put these guys in positions to be successful it takes a coach to look at Josh Okogie and say you know what we're not giving you a fair shake here you're going to be our fifth starter now and here's how we're going to use you in these different ways even when your shot's not falling um, I don't think Monty gets the credit he deserves now Playoffs are a different animal than the regular season. He's going to have to be able to prove to make those adjustments. And in some ways, his job might be harder this year because he has so many bench options that he can choose from. Cool. He's going to ha- he's going to be the one pulling the strings and has to make the right calls on some of these position battles. But I, I do think unless he's an absolute catastrophe, a lot of times the players win the games and it's not so much coaching tweaks that change a lot. Well, and let's be honest, the – the Clippers throughout this year have been the definition of average. Mm. Point differential, 17th in the NBA. Offensive rating, 17th in the NBA. <laughs> Defensive rating, hey, guess what? 17th <laughs> in the NBA. Net rating, 17th in the NBA. <laughs> like, they've been a very average team. Mm-hmm. So the Suns at times have been brilliant. At times have been terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be a battle of a team that was pretty much consistently average. And versus a team that has had some wild swings with everything that's gone on. Can Monty get this team to be that better version of itself that we saw at times this year? Yes, 100%. No, I agree. (laughs) That settles it. Lindsay is sold. Lindsay said yes. Yes. But honestly, (laughs) I don't even know that it's it's on Monty's shoulders. I think it's halfway on Monty's, but halfway on the players as well. Like, they're going to come into this playoffs, especially after what happened last year in the playoffs, with their heads down and in the right mindset. I have full faith of that, and I'm going to speak it into existence because I'm not trying to have what happened last year happen again. (laughs) When when you have offensive concepts like the double dragon, the middle third pick and roll that they like to run, the Spain pick and roll, and you have this much talent, it's Mm -hmm. less about scheming and coaching head tweaks. Like It's just about executing and about the fact that you just have more top-heavy talent. Like, this is not a series that should require Monty to make these genius calls on the fly. Like, this is a series that they should win, and they should win in five or six games tops. Um, We'll see if it plays out that way, because like we've talked about, they've had eight games with Kevin Durant, and most of them have been against mediocre or subpar competition at best. So that maybe that changes against a playoff-caliber team, but 
the Clippers are barely a 500 playoff caliber team. It's not like they're world beaters either. So um, I'm excited for this series, and I, I do think it's going to be maybe a little bit more straightforward than we're worried about. You don't think Monty's saying, hey, KD, go out there and play basketball. Is a is an otherworldly <laughs> coaching decision? Like, <laughs> I mean, it Devin could be, Booker, go score. It could score. be worse. What that's, if he was trying to do the opposite, right? That's one of the best coaching Shoot. calls I've seen in Suns history, so I'm good with it. All right, we've got a couple more super chats here. Uh, Jay Stepp, thank you for your super chat, said, I'm coming from Australia for game one and two. Set a uh, set jock up. I'll bring the pizza flavored shapes he wanted. All right. <laughs> we tried those Deal. on the last show. Um, we had some fun little Australian snacks and food. Thank you. Appreciate you. I hope you have a great time. You bring the pizza f- flavored shapes. We'll get them to jock. I promise <laughs> you that much. And then Alter John Quid. Uh, thank you for your super chest. A new diehard here. Welcome. Nice. Appreciate you. I've been watching you guys since last summer. Espo said he will dress up in his, as an Ewok if Katie came to Phoenix. Lindsay, are you from Yuma? So two things. Uh, three things. Glad you're a diehard. Appreciate that. <laughs> Love to see it. We took a real uh, sharp turn at the end there. I am not from Yuma. I'm from Sierra Vista. I do have family in Yuma, though, you surprisingly. Give, you give off real Yuma vibes, Lindsay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I don't think it's a compliment. Uh, Espo, you did say you would dress up as okay. an Ewok if Katie that came to Phoenix. You that know what? I think there was a... I think there was a time limit on that, if I remember. Oh, but you know what? No, there was not. Hold no, there was not. That's hold bullshit, Espo. Hold on. No, Greg. Hold on. I just used his government oh, name. Oh, my God. No, Gregory, Gregory is my government name. If we go there. Well, close it's, enough. All right. His government name. Uh, <laughs> I will still dress as an Ewok if I got win. He's so, been here. I, okay, I'll do it at our first uh, at our first uh, our first uh, MGM. Uh, oh uh, no, not the watch party. party. Watch party. If somebody can help me find something that looks like an Ewok Shoot, costume, don't embarrass I'll our wear sponsors. it for the pregame. Not in front that's of our a, new partners. That's how much I love you guys, and I am a man of my word. I will debase myself in public on the pregame show, and you can come out and see it. Uh, you know, hey, welcome to the family. We're glad you're here. Here's us what dressed as an Ewok. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hope you were mentally I mean, prepared for this. Really, it's me throw, throwing on some ears <laughs> and a tunic, basically. Mm, that, I, I, I want the full. Look, I'm furry enough to be an Ewok. I don't need additional help. I suppose. Stop it. Natural. <laughs> stop it. On the face. Oh Ewok outfit. Okay. <laughs> One last super chat. This one's from Laking. Said, Clippers shoot a lot of threes compared to the Suns. Will that be a factor? And then who has the coaching advantage, Monty or Ty? So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the Clippers are an interesting three-point shooting team. So they are actually only 14th in three-point attempts per game. Uh, they're third in efficiency. They shoot about 38%. But where they really burn opponents is from the corners. They're ninth in three-point frequency from the corners uh, and eighth in three-point corner efficiency. But the good news is the Suns are actually better than them from the corners. They're fifth in frequency and second in efficiency. So I, I do think, you know, obviously the Clippers get up a little bit more threes than the Suns. But this is an area where, like I said, if you stop their individual ISO plays, if you close out to the corners, and if you have the right lineups out there, wing-heavy switchable lineups, you should be able to prevent them from getting whatever they want on that front. Yeah. Look, we know the Suns are going to have to hit threes in the playoffs to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
they're also one of the all-time greatest mid-range teams we've seen. So like, I'm not overly concerned with with the three-point shooting as long as they're hitting those wide-open shots that they're creating. Because the, Kevin Durant uh, you know, and, and Book are going to pull so much gravity that you're going to have a lot of those uh, – those open threes. And like you said, they're one of the most efficient at hitting the corner threes. Hopefully they can just continue that. I don't need to see them change who they are uh, in the playoffs and, and start jacking up more threes just because it feels right. I, the, the numbers show they can win this way. And I'm not overly concerned with the Clippers. I'm concerned with the Suns playing their game. So. And, and this is a case where early in the season, it was like back in October. So take it with a grain of salt, but they were able to get into the lane and kick it out in one game. They had 42 three-point attempts against the Clippers' defense because it's just not that great. Yeah. So it could be a paint-to-great series if they're able to put their heads down, get into the lane, and then kick out to open shooters. Um, so we'll see. And we've seen Book do that a lot more efficiently in the last uh, you know, probably 15, 20 games. Uh, he made a concerted effort to, to drive and kick. So mm. uh, I think that'll help as well. Well... The start of the first round is just around the corner, and we already told you about the watch parties happening at BetMGM down at State Farm Stadium for away games. But if you're trying to plan ahead for home games, I got two things for you. One, Mountain Mike's Pizza. If you're watching from home and you don't want to cook, you just want to settle in and focus on the game, head over to mountainmikespizza.com. They've got locations in Mesa, Chandler, and Tucson, and they will get you set with some delicious food to keep you fed and full throughout the entire playoffs. Um, and they also have really fantastic food. They bring us food all the time here at EHNX, and we couldn't love them more for that. They also love supporting us at our events, which is fantastic. So I know a lot of people who have come out to our events and our diehards have had Mountain Mike's Pizza before and can vouch for us. Also, diehards, just a reminder, you do get a $50 voucher upon signing up. So now might be a good time to become a diehard Definitely. heading into playoffs. You get a whole bunch of good perks. But check out Mountain Mike's Pizza if you are looking for a great dinner. Also, game time, right? You're going to be looking for playoff tickets. I know people are already asking how much they're going to be, where I can buy them, all of the things. Well, game time is the best place to buy tickets for sporting events, concerts, you name it. And they can get you up to 60% off tickets when you buy them last minute. Now, I'm not saying playoff tickets are going to be cheap, but you might be able to find a little bit of a better deal on the Game Time app. And you can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. So make sure you download the Game Time app. Create an account, and we got a special bonus for you. If you use the code PHNX when you sign up, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm looking at it live. Okay. Game 1, Suns or Clippers at Suns, $79 to get in the building. For wow. some reason, Game 2... More expensive, ninety one. Seventy nine dollars. Seventy nine bucks plus wow. if, you, if you're the first time and you're getting the twenty dollars off, you're getting in for what is that? Fifty nine bucks. That's nuts. Yeah. Are you for real? I'm for, for real. real. Right I'm, I'm seventy nine dollars. Seventy nine bucks. All right. If you're in Phoenix and not jumping on that deal, I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah. and it, and it for holds. a playoff game, that's fantastic. That's wild. <laughs> it holds true last second as well because we're closer to game one. Game two, ninety one bucks. Game five, one hundred and seven. Game seven, one eighty-five already. 
So damn. Wow. So get in while the getting's good. Yeah. Seventy nine bucks to go see game one. So make sure you guys download the game time app. And again, PHNX, that code will get you twenty dollars off your first purchase. Okay, gentlemen. I did have one because uh our producer Emma brought to my attention Sly was asking about what my chain is. So just really quickly, I got the crucifix here that was blessed by uh, the Pope, I believe my parents got it blessed. Oh. I've got this gold bar that Amy gave me that has uh, special dates for our relationship, like the Cute. first day we met and first kiss and all that. And then I've got an Italian gold horn here that they sell in Florence. We're both rocking every, an Italian gold horn. That Gerald every and Espo are so fancy. Yeah, every Italian has one of these. Yeah, this, I feel like this was my go- grandfather's medallion that I he wore every day and I wear it every day. But yes, the Italian horn is a must for us. Yes. I love that. <laughs> All right. So you guys talk a lot, um, meaning we have a whole bunch of left of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Y'all would not shut up. <laughs> but we're up. coming up on an hour. No, it was great stuff. It was really great stuff. But I'm going to give you guys the option. Do you want to go through the rest of the West and how it could play out for the Suns? Or do you want to have a little bit of goofy fun at the end and hand out some awards maybe? Let's go through the West. You want to go like, through the West? Keep the playoff. Okay. I think we going. go through the West. Okay. So here's kind of a bracket that breaks down what we're looking at for the West. And of course, the first thing that we'll talk about is the play in game. Mm. And now this doesn't directly affect us, but it is something that we'll be able to watch basketball wise this week <laughs> before waiting for the Suns and uh, the Clippers to tip off. So we got New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder, and then the Los Angeles Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who do you guys think becomes successful with the Pelicans and the Thunder? I I want to pick Thunder, but I think it's going to be the Pelicans. I think they've been a lot better recently. Ingram's been on an absolute tear for the last month or so. So I, I think the Pelicans will probably be a less experienced Thunder team. But I do think in a do-or-die game, maybe just having the best player account for something. And, and Shea has been phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd love to say that Shea has enough that he could carry OKC, and maybe they they continue to surprise, but I, I really think New Orleans is going to get the better of uh, of this group uh, in, in the 9-10 matchup. This has been a heck of a run for OKC, completely mm-hmm. unexpected because everybody thought they were going to be in the, in the Webbenyama sweepstakes and may even have gone all in and traded Shea at, at some point. Yeah. Uh, they committed to it. They're in there. And I, I think that'll be a fascinating game to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it winds up close in the end, but I think through at least three quarters, you're going to get a hell of a, uh, of a matchup there. The interesting thing about this one is if the Pelicans do advance, is there a potential to get Zion back for, I don't know if the, uh, he's been ruled out for the first round, correct? I think he's been ruled out for the play-in For the play-in, but yeah. not the first round? Not definitively, but I don't think he's gotten to 5-on-5 five five contact yet. I, he was I playing 3-on-3, three three, though. Right. Heard, so. Okay. So that's another interesting kind of mm-hmm. wrench in this machine when it comes to the Pelicans is if and when you'll get Zion back in that lineup. Right. All right, so we've got the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Obviously, <laughs> the Timberwolves are just completely falling apart and melting down. Uh, what do you guys think about am, this one? I am low. I am low key going to be loving watching this game just because the potential for slander is going to be extraordinarily high oh either gosh. way. Because if the Timberwolves lose, like obviously there's their meltdown, the Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson thing. 
Um, Jane McDaniels broke his hand punching a wall. Like ever, and all the shit that's being leaked to the press is not good. It's not a sign yeah. of a uh, yeah, tight knit organization. No offense, not a high Q IQ basketball team no. at this point. Like, but so like, there's the potential for Rudy Gobert slander because the Timberwolves gave up four first round picks for this. But if the Lakers lose to everything I just described, that would be so fucking hilarious. Well, and you've got the D'Angelo Russell revenge factor. <laughs> Uh, in this series, uh, it, well, Vanderbilt too. Like I'm Beasley, they know that team well. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things, but if LeBron and AD lose to this sideshow <laughs> that is the Minnesota nuts. Timberwolves right now, that'd be wild. That that's insanity, and that's <laughs> talking head fuel for at least the next uh, you know three four days after after it happens. Like there's no win. Winning, there's no winning and winning in the in this for either of these teams, mm-hmm. uh, because neither of them should have been where they wound up. Yeah, uh, in this, in the play-in, facing a team that it would be an embarrassment to lose. So, so if you're the Timberwolves and you win, how long does Rudy Gobert's sus- suspension continue for? Then? Indefinitely, because if you're if you beat the Lakers without him. You're just gonna like bring him back. Well, and then you're. Pl- you well, got to at some point. You have to, but also like, you? what if you're better without him? I don't. I know, mean, do funny. you have to? You kind of do because yes. you've traded so much for him yes. and you're paying him so much money. But on the other hand, I hear your point, and it's hilarious. I like, mean, I think I, I think it depends on the locker room. I think you let the locker room vote. Do we let this guy back? That which would also be funny because the way it was initially framed was like he hit his friend and got sent home. Like the principal fucking sent him But he home. did apologize like immediately after. And there is something to be said about no, that. No, it's not like it. a schoolyard brawl. No, it, there isn't something to be said about that. You're an adult and you no. punched a guy on your no. bench. We sent him home, but he said he was sorry. Well, because his, <laughs> team, because his teammate called him a bitch, he decided to punch I'm him. I'm aware, up. but like if we're comparing... How we started the season and how we ended the season. I think the first punch was a little bit more aggressive than yes. the last punch. Yeah, it but was. the first and punch. And they figured out a way to work through it. I'm sure these guys can too. But At the, least this one apologized immediately. At least the first punch was in the back room in the in the practice. It was facility. a lot harder too. The, this was on this was on television in a day that you were like they yeah, literally well, the first imploded. punch leaked. So yeah, I mean, still the whole world saw it. Grant, I if the locker room is like no we don't we're good without rudy i think i listen to my locker room at that point yeah i think yeah. so it's just this is such like no schoolyard bullshit it's hilarious it is hilarious <laughs> but you're right as you do gotta you gotta take in the the consideration of everyone in that locker room but i yeah. do think that they would be able to work, work past it pretty quickly they'd kind of have to because yeah. they they do need him maybe not for a do or die game where they have like someone in the chat <laughs> said they have this chaos factor they kind of do <laughs> and it would throw the Lakers off a little bit. But I think the Lakers are – it's either going to be Lakers by 25 or the Timberwolves pull off some dramatic upset that no one saw coming. I mean, they're still a fairly talented team with the Ant yeah. and Cat and mm-hmm. other things named after animals, I guess. Like, uh, <laughs> Lord. Okay, let's move on to the first round. So we've got the Lakers and the Pelicans moving forward, correct? You know, That's yeah. what well, we're going to go with for now? Yeah, so then we would have Pelicans beating the Timberwolves in that eight – in that game for the eight mm-hmm. seed, I'd imagine so. If, but I, I mean, so maybe too. Rudy Gobert comes back as, as the is the uh, you know the the savior that Minnesota needed. No, I would think the Pelicans win. 
I would probably pick Pelicans. I, yeah. So for this exercise, we're going to pretend it's the Pelicans. Okay. So then we got Nuggets and Pelicans in the first round. Is there a potential the Pels could knock out the Nuggies? Low key, yes, but I don't want to be the person to pick that and give everybody bulletin board material. <laughs> I, I do think having the league, a two-time MVP, uh, I don't know if he'll win it again this year, but I think that gives them the advantage in this series. If you have the best player in a series, you're typically in a good spot, um, especially in a first-round matchup against the Pelicans mm -hmm. team that, let's be honest, has been on the downward trend since Zion got hurt. There's no guarantee Zion would even be back. And if he is, then you have to reintegrate a major piece after you've gotten used to Brandon Ingram being the guy. Um, so I, I think the Nuggets will win, but they haven't been playing great basketball for the last month or so either. I think that's the key. How, which Nuggets team do you get? How do the Nuggets come out? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's less about, uh, about the opponent in that case, whether it's the Lakers or... The Pelicans, which I assume we think it's going to be mm. one of those uh, in that eight seed. So uh, I think it really depends on how the Nuggets respond. I mean, their coach called them soft last week. <laughs> he did. He's number one seed. They're having all sorts of issues. And maybe it's very much like the Suns last year where, you know, it's, it's a byproduct of, well, they were sitting guys. They had the one wrapped up for a while. And maybe they see a very similar series against the Pelicans like the Suns did where it's closer than it probably should be. You get pushed to six, but in the end, talent wins out. But mm. I, I don't think this is an easy road for the Nuggets like they were hoping. This isn't your typical eight seed because the Pelicans are very good and have experience in that spot. And then the Lakers are a team that's that's stacked with uh, superstars. Let's, uh, let's call it like it is there. And they've been dysfunctional, but this isn't your typical, oh, we got the one seed and we can kind of coast. You're going to have to work to get out of this first round. Yeah. Yeah. And the Pel the Nuggets since March 1st have been 23rd in offensive rating and what is this, 20th in net rating? Or, for, or Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's not great if not you're the no. number one seed in the West. It's not <laughs> great. No, but, like, but we're but learning I, this in real time, like, and Gerald is just as shocked like, as everybody else. They've had some stress. I had to double check because I was like, have they really been a bottom, borderline bottom 10 team in net rating since then? Yeah, I know they've had stretches with guys out and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they rested their entire starting five against us twice, basically, but um, they're not scaring anyone right now. That's for sure. I, th I still think they'll win in a matchup like that, but it won't be easy for them. It reminds me a lot of the Suns from last year. I mean, it's just, it feels like an incomplete team at times. They peak too early. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. And, and look, there's a lot of pressure on, on Jokic. Mm. I mean, that, that's just the reality. You win back to back MVPs, you have a shot at a third here. But if you don't make it out of the first or second round, you're, the whole legacy thing comes into, into question because this is the year where he's not dealing with having to carry the whole team with, with a bunch of injuries. Yeah, they've had guys miss time from uh, every once in a while, but this isn't like it has been the last few years. So now it's, okay, can you do this? Can you put up, or, or are you going to shut up at, at this point? And I don't know. I, I'm not going to make any predictions. I don't want to piss anybody off. Yeah, no, we don't want to give them any uh, material. Any there. ammo. But yes. Obviously, delicate. I think when we're looking at the Suns and the Clippers, we all anticipate the Suns advancing. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which, and okay. there are people asking why we're talking about this because it's a Suns channel. Well, first of all, we spent the 45 minutes. No, before 60 that. minutes. 60, 60 minutes, minutes talking about the Suns. <laughs> Secondly, this would be the Suns' second round matchup, Nuggets or Pelicans, if the Pelicans get to that eight we're, seed. Right. Let's make so. it clear. We're looking at the path to the finals, all right? That's what <laughs> we we're are, trying to we do. Are. We're only going to go through the first round here because obviously then we're getting, we're starting to split hairs <laughs> getting into further and further down in the playoffs we will do that later on um but just to round out the first round here uh kings and warriors who would you guys like to see advance here me i'm rooting for the kings in this one 100 percent, and that's yeah. not throwing shade at the warriors i'm just really stoked for the kings yeah. i am rooting for the highest scoring playoff series yes. in nba history mm. this is defense optional this is two great home arenas and home court advantages. These are two great offenses. I want to see seven games of complete chaos. That's what I want to see. Yeah, this is low-key my favorite first-round matchup of the playoffs in general because on the one side, you've got the Warriors and all their experience and their terrible road record versus the Kings, their complete lack of experience. They haven't been to the playoffs in decades and they have a great home court advantage, but they don't have that same championship caliber experience. I want to see this go to a game seven, put mm -hmm. the warriors terrible road record up against the Kings home court and no experience and see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cause like you said, Kings are the best defense or the best offense, not a very good defense warriors. Their defense has been subpar all season. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring series. Bring the cowbells, light the beam, let's go Kings! <laughs> 100%. Okay, then we're assuming that we're going to be seeing the Grizzly face off against the Lakers in this uh, exercise here. Mm. This one's a tough one. The Lakers have been playing a lot better since the trade deadline. Mm. The Grizzlies are missing Steven Adams. But they have strung a few really good games together to round out the season. Who are you guys picking on this one? I don't want to. Like, <laughs> Gerald's like, please I don't, don't make I me. don't want to piss off Grizzlies fan because I think they could easily handle the Lakers. But L.A. has been a different team since the deadline. Mm -hmm. I think they've been the number one defense. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt obviously helps with that. But they're, they also have been a little inconsistent since LeBron has come back. Um, Anthony Davis has been playing fantastic. But he's also going up against a defensive player of the year candidate in Jaron Jackson Jr. If Jackson can stay out of foul trouble, then that's one thing. But I do think the Lakers get to the line a ton. So that's yeah. going to put him in problematic spots. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers found a way to pull off the upset, especially because they have two candidates that could be the best player in that series. I think it depends on how the refs let, it, let the series be called. Mm -hmm. If they let some physicality, I think it's Memphis's series i don't think that la can uh can put up with that but if uh if they call it the way that they've called a lot of lakers games this year uh, you're gonna see memphis in foul trouble and i don't think that they have the star power to compete Ja mm -hmm. is a great player who obviously had his issues off the court this year but if, if it comes down to okay the the physicality isn't allowed you lose a big advantage that Memphis has. Mm -hmm. Like if Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jer Jackson Jr. Are, are fouling out or not on the court, mm -hmm. you know, all the talk and all the all the physicality ain't going to matter. Uh, and I, I would give the nod to the Lakers. What I'm saying is I have no clue. All like, right. Like if Austin Reeves runs into Desmond Bain's bowling ball shoulders and just flops back, they're going to give him like five free throws every time. So like <laughs> – I don't know what you do with that. Like, that could be a problem for the Grizzlies. I, I do think they're the better 
team and they should win, but a, an upset there wouldn't surprise me. You know, and this one's tough, too, because there's not even like a fun storyline or an emotional buy in for either of these teams, because had you have asked me last year, I would have been like, I want the Grizzlies to win because obviously beat L.A. every day. Mm -hmm. But I was actually kind of like excited for Grizzly fans last year. But now the Grizzlies have gone full heel and mm. turned into the villain. Mm. And now I don't even really like either one <laughs> at this point. Like, I'm kind of mad at both. I so mean, I don't there's not even an emotional like when you saw Kings and Warriors. You know what I mean? My pick this is, is a tough one. My pick is Shannon Sharp and five. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Sit him courtside at every one of these games, please. That's all I ask. Oh, my goodness. Gracious. Oh, look, looking from a son's perspective, I want to I'd rather see the Lakers advance. Yeah, because the physicality that Memphis can come with mm -hmm. uh, that group, uh, you know, if Steven Adams is back, uh, if you're looking into a Western Conference Finals down the road. I don't like the matchup with Memphis, you know, and not that, not that I want to face LeBron and AD in the Western Conference Finals, but I think I'd rather that path than than a physical Memphis team that could cause a lot of problems for you. That's fair. Uh, we did get a super chat from Andrew. Andrew, thank you for your super chat. Said, I hope we're wearing black jerseys on Sunday. But when are you going to get the scoop on what jersey we're wearing for the so opening game? I know they've submitted them. Uh, what they're hoping to wear, but I don't know when. I, we probably won't know until the official schedule is out. Yeah. I checked uh, Locker Vision where they, they post them once <clears throat> things are official. There's absolutely nothing there, not even for the play-in games. So we're, we're probably going to find out tail end of the week. If I hear before, then I'll let everybody know. But. Yeah, that's one kind of like we were talking about it because we were trying to figure out even before the show started if we had heard anything on the time of Sunday's game for Suns yeah. and Clippers. <laughs> right. If there's one thing that the play-in did kind of screw up, it's that we're all in a waiting pattern for quite a few things. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it kind of pushed all of that stuff back from like timing to approvals for even jerseys or yeah. – I don't know, thing, all the things, basically, but it's kind of just like opponents if you're the first seed, right? Yeah. Things but of that nature. Uniform-wise, though, I know they tend to ask the players Their opinions. what they like in, in, a, in playoffs and everything. So I imagine that those black jerseys, since they can't wear the classic ones, will be worn Quite when they can. You're going to see the association white because of color matchups. It's going to happen because the home team gets to choose first what they'll wear. So on the road, I think you're going to see some of that, maybe some of the originative uh, since it's a lighter color mm -hmm. in that turquoise. But I think you'll see a lot of those uh, of those black uh, uniforms. Yeah. AJ said it's weird. Saturday is announced. Um, Gerald, didn't you think that they were waiting to see what happened with this Lakers They're 100% situation? waiting to see what happens that's with the scary. Lakers, and that's why our series has no time yet because we are going to be on probably one of those primetime slots on Sunday. They understand the appeal of L.A.'s market, the Suns having mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, KD versus Kawhi, all that stuff, but they're 100% waiting to see are the Lakers going to win and get that seven seed. Okay, then we can schedule the rest of Sunday's games maybe. If they lose, we might have to wait another day or two, and I will be pissed about that, but we'll see. Also, AJ, um, I don't know if there's a little bit of a delay because they said, uh, wait, either black or as much as old school sunburst. Uh, we can't wear the sunburst nope. in the playoffs. Stupid. Nope. Like, that's just... So dumb. Exactly. Dumb. Couldn't have said it better, Gerald. Yeah, so dumb. But that's where we are. We can't wear them. 
and the playoffs. So mourn, mourn the loss of those jerseys now because they're officially done and over with. Dum-dums. Uh, Emma, can I get the, the two shot here? Adam Silver, I don't care who the hell the Lakers are playing or when, they don't deserve a primetime slot, especially if it's them versus Memphis. Who the hell wants to watch that in primetime? Nobody. Give the Suns and the and the Clippers the best spot because you got your star power in Kawhi, KD, and Book. Get it done with. Also, come back to me, Emma. Adam Silver, if they can wear the jerseys in the regular season, please fix it so they can wear the jerseys in the playoffs. Adam, please do all the things that we're asking. Thank come you. back to me, Emma. <laughs> please. Adam, return my calls, man. We hung out once. Anyways, you can go back to the three show. <laughs> I don't have anything else for you, Adam. You <laughs> Just three simple requests. That's all. I had nothing. <laughs> she was like, I wish I could have participated. They just went straight to the top. I need to speak to a manager. <laughs> <laughs> we put on our full-on Karens you in that did. moment right there. Damn. I Watch out, so. world. Watch out. <laughs> I thought once you get a picture with the dude, you have the right to call them out uh, straight to the camera, right? I mean, sure. sure. I all right. Cool. I don't have a picture, so I'm in trouble because yeah. I clearly... I didn't have a right to do uh, that. Did you get My drafted bad. and not tell us? I did. I did. There's this great photo of me hugging uh, Commissioner Adam Silver. No, he did a one-on-one a -on -one interview with Tom Leander, and I happened to be in the room for behind-the-scenes okay. content. Oh so. Okay. All right. Well, we threw a lot at you today. We also told you about a ton of fun events that PHNX is having over the next handful of weeks, but I got one more for you guys, Okay. If you are an NFL fan, a fan of the Cardinals, we obviously have our PHNX Cardinals show here. And the best place to take in the NFL draft on April 27th is at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. PHNX will be out there. The Cardinals guys will be doing a live show throughout the draft, so you'll get great coverage from them. Also, Four Peaks, you know they've got great food and you know they have great beers, but they're also going to have really awesome beer specials for that day on April 27th as well. $3 Redberg Lager Pints, $5 Redberg Lager Pitchers, and uh, PHNX Specials, $3 Kilt Lifter, and Wow Pints as well. So come hang out with us. You can register for free in the link in our show notes to take advantage of all the beer specials. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink the beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But they also have a lot of other great things that they offer at their pub as well. Outside of beers, like I said, the food. We talk about all the time, the chicken tenders. And then what, the Four Peaks Fry or Four mm. Peaks Way, something like that? Four Peaks Style. Yeah, oh, Style. Yeah. There you go. You got to get those 100%. Okay, gentlemen. I think that'll do it for us today. Mm -hmm. 77 minutes in. Really proud of you. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. If you are here on YouTube, don't what? forget Do to... We not, uh, are we incapable of that usually? What was that? No, I mean, usually we get tired after um, 60 minutes. Uh, uh, we all start to like lose steam, but you guys were just on a roll. I'm proud of you. Be so, safe. <laughs> Learn something new today. Drive safe. What? Text me what when you get home. does it feel like a robot transition? I'm not cool with this. <laughs> <That's self -tune. laughs> proud of you. 77 uh, minutes. Way to go. I thought it was a compliment. You should take it. No, it Somebody being proud of you is a compliment. I did. It was just very like mother hen. Yeah, it was very like mom. Like, proud of you. Thank you. 
Um, I don't know what I was going to say to everybody. Oh, on your way out, if you're here on YouTube, hit the like button. If you are listening wherever you get your podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe because that helps us out a lot. Yes. Uh, we will not have a show tomorrow. The Suns are off tomorrow, so we're going to give Gerald a break and I'll let him be off tomorrow as well. And then I'm going to piggyback on that one and take tomorrow off as well. <laughs> then we'll be back on Wednesday. We've got a fun Valley Voices episode for you guys. That will be live at 3 p.m. So big We've names. got some really special guests. We've got guests lined up quite a bit the guests rest of this week. So uh, make sure you guys tune in. Until we see you on Wednesday, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore suns. You can follow me at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Despite what Lindsay says, Gerald and I can go 77 minutes whenever you need it. Lord have mercy. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsay, Gerald, Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the time.